inside the strength of heart Think about the heroes saving life in the dark Hello and welcome to the History Music Podcast, if you found us. Um, we have a, a pretty good episode for you today, uh, Sean and I. Welcome, Sean. How's it Thank going? you. Thank you. I am doing good. It's been a little while. We were just talking about it, but it's good to be back. Yep. Thanks. Thanks for uh, for being back on, as always. Stalwart, dependable, ever-present as the New York skyline. Um, uh, happy to be recording again with you. Thank you. <laughs> so, so how's life? It's good. It's good. I um, I uh, took my son to a mountain bike practice today. We had some A and W root beer, so it's a you know, mm. yeah, that's awesome. A, Put some ice a cream full, in it. A full day. No, Put no ice, ice cream. cream. Just yeah, ice cream. Well, it was it was a, I know. Well, it was a KFC A and W, and so I got the chicken sandwich from KFC and the A and W root beer. So I, I honestly can't top this day. Um, and I even I even put on shorts for this episode. So <laughs> as, as you know, Scott, we are shorts respecters on this on this show. There's our, a big debate. Official, yeah, our official position is pro shorts. I got to admit, I, I wore the same coming in. So nice, nice, yeah. nice. Uh, there's there's there, a few of us on Twitter that are they're in a heated debate of whether uh, shorts are appropriate for people in their 30s. Yeah. Oh, mem- uh, so, li- li- listeners, listeners are are, are avid listeners. Uh, comment below where you stand on men wearing shorts after the age of thirty, regardless <laughs> of your body weight. <laughs> that a Zoomer thing, or is that amongst millennials? I, I think that- I, I think it's a Zoomer thing. Personally, I think it's uh, what'd you call it? Uh, what'd you call it, Scott? Like uh, leg, <laughs> good leg havers. <laughs> <laughs> People have good legs, wear shorts. I, I, oh, you know, yeah, my wife would agree with that. Okay. Yeah, so I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, just keep, just uh, keep working on those calves. They'll come in and you can throw some shorts on. Yeah, okay. exactly. Exactly. But anyway, I'm good. I'm glad. I'm glad to be here. Glad we're doing the show. Yep. Um, and uh, welcome Tyler Magleby, uh, who's, who's coming in hot uh, with the banger. Uh, 2000 right. pop punk hit. Yeah. Um, mm super excited to talk about this song um it it, it uh definitely um transports me to i think i think i was in like ninth grade when it came out um it, it's a uh, it, it's really good um but uh yeah why don't uh why don't you give us a little bit of an introduction tyler yeah no um so i'm tyler magleby i'm out here in uh northern california and uh, born and raised out here and um of course, you know, been really into pop punk my whole life. I actually didn't get into the card, the uh, the song that we're going to talk about today, till probably late in high school. I actually was more into the harder stuff, hardcore, straight edge, hardcore that sort of thing through freshman and sophomore year. And then I actually heard this song my my junior year and um, was super impressed by the lyrics because from most of the punk music that I'd heard growing up. It was it was all kind of negative and you know f the government and uh you know always talking about a problem with society and and here there was this song that we're going to talk about today believe by yellow card and uh, here it was just you know thanking the people that were brave enough to come in and 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 change and save lives that day so i i got a lot to share on on the topic today really happy to be here and to to share that with you guys yeah that's awesome i, I really like um the, like you said, the positive message, you don't get that a lot with, with punk. Um, 
you get it more so with pop punk but um uh especially with the um with the topic of of 9-11 there's a lot of opinions a lot of takes a lot of things um and this one's uh a uh uniquely positive so it's i like it yeah, yeah punk, punk kind of punk like old school punk kind of has this at least in my opinion it, it's the entire motif is like just dudes that hate their dad <laughs> so, they, so they started a band you know and and, and, and that, that 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 becomes that becomes like instead of like talking about you know yeah take that dad look at me now it's more like it's more <laughs> like daddy the government. <laughs> yeah it's more like the government and like conservatives which are basically a stand-in for their father who was never there or, or yeah. whatever or who's too hard on them or whatever yeah, we're, we're used to we're used to them singing about like massacres in in el salvador and stuff <laughs> yeah yeah that, yeah that, exactly definitely. oh that was a good song though i will say that el mazote was a good song yeah. um although i don't i'm not just speaking of callbacks uh scott my uh my mom has mentioned the el mazote episode a couple times because she mm-hmm. tried listening to it and she had to stop it halfway through because it was uh too difficult a subject so oh yeah wow. I-, I could see Watch. that Listen with caution, I guess. Those of you, if, if she doesn't, episode. if she doesn't listen to this episode and and listen all the way through, I'll, I'll have something to say on that. So <laughs> she we, will we, not, she will be un-American. <laughs> Mom, listen to this episode. This is a this is a threat. <laughs> We've kind of taken cues from uh, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History a bit, yes, and, and decided to to not um, uh, veer sure. away from from the hard parts of history. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, of yeah. And since we're talking about Yellow Card. Okay. Um, so this album, um, Ocean Avenue, is kind of like their like debut on a major record label because they signed yeah. Capitol Records and released it. It came out the summer of 03. And so for me, because I'm the resident old man here on the podcast, um, this actually came out the summer I graduated from high school. Oh. And I remember when this album came out, I actually didn't like it very much because it was too mainstream. I know, I know. <laughs> I, I mean, know. It's good now, in retrospect, it has some bangers on it. I'll, I'll give you that. And oh, I still, so I many! Still, I still like Yellow Card, but when I first listened to this, I'm like, dude, this isn't like this because I, I actually liked Yellow Card before this album came out. Like their album One for the Kids and the Underdog EP. Like yeah. I love those albums. And I still do. Those are really good. And so when this came out, I was like, dude, this is like too much. Too. It's too radio friendly, I guess, if that makes sense. And not not that I was like against like I listened to Newfound Glory and Blink. So I didn't care if a band was on the radio. I just it was this one just didn't do it for me as much. This this particular album. So it kind of it kind of had to grow on me, I guess, is what I'm saying. Um, so and then everything after this, like I left on my mission, I came home and Yellow Card had released like another album that totally sucked and like alienated all their fans. Um, but they're still making music. Like they had, a, they had an EP come out this yep. year, like a month. Five ago. songs, yeah, yeah, really good song, really yeah. good songs come out. So, there. Well, if um, if you like um, Yellow Card and this this album Ocean Avenue, um, I I recently listened to a podcast with the lead singer, um, a podcast um, with Ryan Key. No, yeah, I think it's Ryan yeah, Key on it. Ryan Key. Um, it's yeah. uh, it's called Krista Makes a Podcast. It's the lead singer for um, Less Than Jake. He has, oh, nice. he just has. Of course, you're listening to that, with Scott. I know, I know. Um, <laughs> anyway, he he, uh, he has people come on and talk about the songs that they wrote and and stuff and the whole process of it. And he talks about the um, Ocean Avenue song, and it's oh, cool. it's really, it's really cool. interesting. Um, all the ins and outs of it, um, and they get into like the 
yeah the technical parts of songwriting which is kind of yeah cool. and you know you know it's interesting sean that you kind of gave your introduction to to yellow card and i was actually the same way too i was one of those kids that you know was trying to go to shows in berkeley in san francisco you know and trying to hitch rides from when i was a from eighth grade to freshman to sophomore year even once i could drive i was going out to shows every weekend and so when it came to sharing music i would only share it with like my closest friends um and you know there were some kids at school that knew that I started listening to music and were trying to share bands with me and I was too cool to share my bands with them. And one of the bands that they were trying to share with me was, was yellow card. And they were like, Oh dude, you gotta listen to yellow card. They're so good. And, and I think the first song I'd listened to uh, was miles apart. Um, and I was kind of like, okay, yeah, these guys are cool. They're kind of like newfound glory. And that's kind of what it reminded me of. And then I really got into um, empty apartment and ocean Avenue. I started to hear that like school dances and stuff and mm -hmm. way away. And then of course, believe was at the end of the record. I'd, I'd never heard it until we had a project. Um, I think it was in like an our economics or government class or something like that. And I like choose a song that has historical, you know, uh, significance and play it and this friend of mine, or I didn't even really consider him a friend at the time. His name was Brandon. He, he decided to bring this song and he's like, I'm playing a song from yellow card. It's called believe. And I was like, Oh man, here he goes. He thinks he's so cool. You know, and he plays the song. It's the first time I'd ever heard it. Right. And like, and it was very clear what the message was. And I was, I was just moved by it. I still remember just sitting in that classroom being like, dude, I'm, I'm such like a prideful jerk to not have listened to this kid. And like to think that I, you know, and it, it made me feel like even the stuff that, that I could have offered, you know, being in like kind of like the hardcore scene wouldn't have even, given any sort of significance as to what this song did and what it meant and what it stood for. And it's like, dude, am I anything like those firefighters or those, you know, um, first responders that just ran into the danger? Like it just had no warning, right? Absolutely no warning when those planes hit, um, you know, the world trade center. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of think that's probably a good segue just to talk a little bit about the lyrics too. Um, yeah. Yeah. We can give some context. Before yeah. we get into the lyrics, I think, uh, um, and and just to make sure everyone is clear, the the song is about uh, 9-11 and the, and yeah. the um, first responders. Um, I think, given from the perspective of <laughs> a someone that was in the tower and was re and uh, and was rescued by by a firefighter or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I think I think though, as it'll come out in the song, I think it alternates perspectives. But it is it is like one of those perspectives is is told from someone that's like basically in the the towers in september 11th but right um okay um so, yeah, so a, yes. a, a little uh tidbit thing thing that i that i read was um i guess the the lead singer i, I can't remember his name ryan, ryan. He, yeah, um, ryan he uh i guess he was at one point like saved from a burning building from a fireman um really? earlier in his life i actually i i did well I, there's been some controversy surrounding that oh, really? I, I, really? i've looked it up did he well, make that up yeah, up, like, I've I've tried to like hunt that out in a lot of different interviews and stuff, and um, the the song "Believe" particularly is 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 not about that. But I know that right, there right. was a lot surrounding that, and it's it's good to talk about that. It, it, there's a there's this website called Song Fact Check. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I looked up looked up "Believe" on Song Facts, and uh, and it basically says right here at the first it was believed that this song was uh, dedicated to a fireman who saved lead singer Ryan Key from a burning house and in doing so lost his life. However, it is simply a song to all firemen who died during September 11th terrorist attacks. It's written from the point of view of someone who was 
in one of the Twin Towers as it was burning down and was rescued by a fireman who died when he was um, went back to help more people. Uh, so, you know, basically it does have that like context to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that Ryan himself, like it, it has one of his personal answers here in one of his interviews. It says the band had um, the song pressed as a single and mailed to police officers and firefighters who were the first responders of 9-11. Um, so the lead singer Ryan Key explained, and this is a direct quote, says so many of those people uh, who would never experience a yellow card or go to a yellow card show or even know to listen to a yellow card um, were able to be reached by them and they sought them out and sent them uh, just a single of this song and they had an acoustic version that they sent out of course uh, to everyone else that was more string heavy um, but they did they sent it out to all those families um, which was a really cool amazing thing and they were just trying to reach those people um, but yeah no I mean definitely has has it from that perspective of those that were in the towers and those um, running in yeah, and I think because I, I had I had looked into that as well. I hadn't heard about him being allegedly rescued from a burning building, but if you're thinking about it, like because because at the time that this episode comes out, we're basically what 22 years on from the September 11th, 2001 attacks at in in uh, on 9/11, you know, in New York, and this album that that this this song comes from was recorded from February to March of 03 and it came out in July of 03. So it was only two years after this whole thing. So mm-hmm. it was still fresh in everyone's mind. They were basically still cleaning up debris. You know yeah. what I mean? Like at the time he wrote this. Um right. and so it was it was definitely like for the era, it was definitely every teenager, everyone who listened to pop punk at that time would it would have been a living memory. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um and uh and uh, apparently because because yellow card the band they were originally from like jacksonville florida but like right. in, the, in the midst of getting this new singer ryan key and kind of you know m- making it in the big time they moved to southern california right but, yeah santa cruz yeah. right yeah but uh they they um they had a lot of fans apparently in the what they call the tri-state area which is like kind of includes new york like this part of new york and so I guess I think it was just kind of all of that. The fact that they had a lot of fans in the tri-state area, this recently happened. They're just kind of trying to put put their feelings to music for what they felt on that day. Um, and to give another quote here from Ryan Key, the singer, um, like Tyler said, uh, because they were so inspired by these like selfless acts of heroism from like, you know, the the um, firefighters and the, the first responders and whatnot, um, in addition to uh, like pressing this single copy on a record, basically, um, he says that he's like, I wrote a letter, basically an open letter to all the first responders. We found the addresses of all the police and fire departments in the tri-state area and sent a copy of the single to them. And so they actually like made an effort to like seek, seek these people out and send them basically a free copy of this song along with an open letter he wrote basically thanking them for their their sacrifice and their service and all this stuff which i think is really cool because you don't really i mean we don't have a lot of stuff like this happening in the us all that often anymore at least nothing to the scale but you don't really see artists doing that anymore you know what i mean like they mm-hmm. might campaign for joe biden or whatever but they don't really do like this kind of nonprofit kind of stuff you know what i mean at least i don't hear about it i don't know maybe you guys disagree but um but yeah, so that was just some added color to uh, to that. But that's I think that's part of the reason why he wrote this song is because it was like super fresh in everyone's mind because they were still cleaning up the debris at the time he wrote it. You know. Yeah, yeah. and in the in the context of this podcast, I think this song is a little bit unique. 
because it was a lot of times we're getting songs that were like written pretty far removed from the from the actual like event um but uh but this one it's like right in the middle of it right it's like and it's written to the people um that were affected by it um and for for anyone that was affected by it and so it's like yeah it's this song is almost as much a part of the history surrounding it as as uh as the event itself yeah and even well, even ourselves right i mean you guys remember where you were that day right i mean yeah. I, I remember exactly i remember it so clearly yep. it was so surreal i was like this is happening to us well that's what i was gonna say is like this is probably the first that i can think of this is this might be the first uh, historical event on this podcast that actually happened in our lifetime that we all remembered and experienced yeah. in some degree. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everything else is like before we were born, like a long time ago, or at least like, you know, a couple of years before I was born at least. But this one's like, no, I, I was in high school. I remember this, you know? Yeah. I, was a, I think I was in eighth grade. Yeah. I was a sophomore in high school when this happened. Yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe. So, so was oh. I, I remember I was in Mr. Gemko's class and we had just gotten done reading catcher in the rye no joke <laughs> and I was, uh, on, I was on my way to seminary when when i when i first heard about like the first plane hitting i was in like it was the first period of the day and i remember they were just like they told everyone to stop and turn on the tv and like yeah. we just started watching it and at, at first i was like okay what country is this happening in and they're like dude this is here that's new york you know and i it took me like a while to kind of piece it together and i just i remember feeling just helpless like what what do we do you know, what do, what do they do? What would we do if that happened here? And, you know, I heard rumors that it was supposed to happen in multiple places, like the Transamerica building in California was also another target. And there was a place in Pennsylvania that was hit. And, you know, like, so there's a lot of conspiracy surrounding this event, too. And, of course, we don't need to dive into that entirely because uh, there's a lot, you know, to talk about with the meaning of the song. But can't can't help but bring up those points. Yeah. 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 That. um I remember the confusion as well, because at first it was like, wait, two planes crashed into each other. Like, why is this such big news? And right. Then, but then like learning like the magnitude and, and then, yeah, it was basically just like two days at school of just like watching TV, watching the. News. Yeah, exactly. Actually, I had I'm same thing for me at, at school, because I mean, Tyler and I were in California. Scott, you were in Utah, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we're roughly like almost the same time zone, only an hour apart when this happened. So it was early morning for us. But um, I remember every basically every TV in school was basically tuned into you know CNN or whatever to watch this stuff live, except for one. I had one class where the teacher's like, "When you get home, you can look at this." She was like this super old lady. I think she's dead now, but oh, she's gosh. like, you, "When you get home, you can watch this." And it was my German teacher of yeah. all people. <laughs> <laughs> so I won't say her name, but uh, yeah, she was the only one who like didn't allow us to like turn the TV on or the radio or anything. And so a lot of us would like sneak out of class, like go to the bathroom to like watch the TV in the halls to find out what's going on. Cause she wouldn't let us like listen in. And I'm like, lady, the entire school shut down. What's wrong with you? No one cares about German right now. <laughs> yeah. Das ist toll. Yeah. Oh man. Dang. No, das ist not toll, but you know. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So Definitely some uh, some fresh memories still even in our minds there. And I, I remember how patriotic everyone was after that. Everyone had an American flag. Everyone was buying American flags or American flags all over cars. And everyone's yeah. lawn had an American flag. And, you know, there's probably not an elementary school, high school, middle school that didn't say the Pledge of Allegiance or whatever after that. You know, at least mm-hmm. that probably lasted for a year or two before it became, it you know, they're trying to ban the Pledge of Allegiance. But <laughs> that was one but, of the things I remember almost immediately afterwards is all of a sudden, like, 
everything, every product had an American flag on it, like soda cans and like stuff you'd buy, especially if it was made in America, it'd have an, an American flag on it all of a sudden. Whereas before, like no one really cared as much. Um, but that was uh, definitely that was definitely like an immediate like result of this that I that yeah. I remember. It, it actually kind of brings up a part of 9-11 that um, I, I mean, it's kind of hard to talk about it because, there's, like, like you said, there's there's so many um, conspiracy theories. But then there's also a lot of like, I don't know, a lot of brands and uh, and media like just took advantage of this. Oh, this like sure. patriotic boom and, and made it just like like you look back at it now and a lot of it's super cringy um yeah. like like, like everyone wearing like FD, just... fdny or whatever it's called like yeah, the, FD, yeah. the, the new york fire department and, and, and it's it's basically like a, a proto form of of virtue signal type thing that, that it, it's basically it's basically proto uh changing your 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 facebook or twitter or whatever profile to have like the flag you know yeah pray for new york like that kind of stuff that people do oh, you yeah. know or like put the ukraine flag in your in your profile picture and, or, and, like and not that it's like bad but but maybe it like now in 2023 where like i feel like especially anyone that's like online more than they should is super so cynical about everything <laughs> you know um and it, it's uh and maybe Maybe it's good to like just have one episode here where we're not going to be cynical about it and just like you know, <laughs> take everything at face value. Yeah, yeah, and and like we'll just like take it at the take this song at face value because the song is positive. It's supposed to be a good message, uplifting. It was it's it it is kind of a product of of what we were talking about, like kind of striking while that while that patriotic fire is hot. But but at the same time, it's like it's a good thing. Why 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 wouldn't that be a good thing? Like right. Yeah. Um, so, just don't don't Google dancing Israelis or World Trade Center Seven. Oh gosh. <laughs> hey, well, on, or, is on, it five, on, or is it Building Five? I forget which one. It is. On on the note of kind of like narratives and and hypes and uh, things like that, just I I just looked real quick on um, Wall Street Journal and uh, Gallup News, and there's also a, a Barnt. Barna Research Group. So these are my three sources, but it says that between September 11 of 20 or sorry, 2001 and 2002, uh, it showed um, an increase in 40 to 47% of people went back to church and started having stronger faith or a, um, a capacity to try and return to church is what it says here between like Christian and Catholic communities. So I found right. that interesting as well. People all of a sudden needed Jesus, you know? And take, that, I'll take that Al-Qaeda. <laughs> you know sean is the spicy one you know <laughs> well no because that was the whole idea right is like osama bin yeah. laden and al-qaeda was like oh the christians like you know they're they're basically like these crusaders invading our lands if they get them out of the middle east and stop the americans from supporting israel and all this and that and so the dude yeah. causes the biggest terrorist attack in our history and what what's the result a bunch more people start believing in their country even harder and going to church even more yeah and then starting a 20 year war on terror which we won't get into but yeah. um but yeah there's, a, I, I there's want- an old there's an old zen saying which is one often meets his destiny on the road he takes to avoid it That's so right. and that was actually wow. um the guy who trained kung fu panda so that was from a DreamWorks animated film. Just so you know. <laughs> That's a Pixar original. Was <laughs> that Uguay? Master Uguay? Oh, oh Master Uguay? It. there it is. Uguay? It's the tortoise, man. I have, I have kids. Yes, no, me too. And uh, um, some some wisdom in those, you know. 
<laughs> but you yeah, just, I mean, you should just said that was like Sunzu or something, and no one would know. I'm sure <laughs> it might have been. You this know, is Conf- this is Confucius. Yeah, it's, Confucius uh, say. Yeah, it's yeah. really deep. No, yeah, totally. I, th- I just think it's. I think it's cute that Sean. You think that Al Qaeda did it? Uh, yeah, sorry. CIA. <laughs> I mean, whatever you want. CIA stance, whatever you want to call. <laughs> All right, circling back. Speaking of being cynical, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Bush did not like, we, like, we could we could crack this open into a two-parter on that well i guess i guess the question is can jet fuel met, melt steel beams the answer is no apparently hey everyone needs to go search joe rogan and uh there's been a lot of uh, conversations surrounding that yes yeah, that one fact yeah yes but should we get into the lyrics yeah i think we should let's okay. let's bring let's bring it back to the real let's heart bring it back soul. to the yeah yeah so this song is about September 11th, Believe by Yellow Card. Um, Tyler, do you want to do verse one after sure. that? After the sick violin intro by our boy, Sean Mackin? He's the best, man. Yeah, it goes like this. So it says, think about the love inside the strength of heart. Think about the heroes saving life in the dark. Climbing higher through the fire, time was running out. Never knowing you were going to be coming down alive but you still came back for me. You were strong and you believed everything is going to be all right. And everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. Be strong, believe. Yeah. That's the first verse in the chorus right there. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. Like Scott said, this one is basically like a victim in one of the towers and he's basically kind of singing to or about, the rescuers, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, the first yeah. responders, firefighters, policemen. Um, anything in particular call like, you know, catch your uh catch your interest on any of these? I think for me, the one line, but you still came back for me. You know, because that's a completely selfless statement right there on the act of the person doing the saving, right? Like, I mean, could you imagine being in such a condition that you think to yourself, like, okay, this is it. Like I'm, I'm done. No one would come back for me right now. It would, it wouldn't make sense for anyone to come save me. Like there's fire all around me. There's no way a ladder could get to me or whatever, but then you see someone charging toward that danger, um, which I think is really rare. Like, I don't know if you can think about the people that, you know, between, I don't know, your neighbors, your coworkers, the people at church yourself, like, would you run towards the danger? You know, and and so I, I think about that, and I'm, I'm, you know, sometimes I've, I've felt like that in my life that I've got some people that have come after me to save me, and then there's other people that I think to myself like, there's nothing I wouldn't do, like if that was one of my kids or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, someone I really loved or cared about, and it's like these were complete strangers that came in and did this. So for me, that's that's the biggest line for me. But you still came back for me, and, and th- yeah. that line also implies <clears throat> that they weren't the first person to be saved by that per- by the by the person that came back. Right. They, like they might've watched, they might've watched someone else getting saved and mm-hmm. being like, okay, this thing's coming down. There's no way they're coming back in here. And they still came back in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it's talking about this idea of belief, right? And it's like, look, these guys don't like these, these first, we'll say firefighters. That's the majority of guys that went in there um, that they were, they were going into this, this burning building essentially to rescue people, not knowing if they could even get to anyone or even find anyone or even get out again. But they believed they could. They had that faith, if you will, and and did it anyway. Yeah. So, um, and and like you were saying, Tyler, like most of us, self-preservation would take over and we would just flee, right? We just kind of protect ourselves, you know, maybe grab like 
person near us and just take off. That's it. You know what I mean? But these guys were safe on the outside and went into danger to pull people out. Right. Absolutely. Um, I, uh, so the, 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 we talked about this already, but part of the reason that he wrote this is, is not just about nine 11, but this one's actually about first responders specifically firefighters and, and, um, and policemen, um, specifically in New York. So, um, of like the, the, all the people that died on September 11th, which is almost 3000 people, they've actually narrowed it down to 2,977 people. And then the 19 hijackers on top of that, that died that day. Um, and then like thousands that were injured, like, like over 6,000 injured. Um, but, uh, of that number, 341 people of those people were firefighters and most of them died when the buildings collapsed because they were in the building, getting people out and the building literally fell on top of them, except for one guy who died because someone who was in a top, one of the top stories, like you've seen the, the videos of people jumping out because they can't breathe or yeah. they're stuck or whatever landed on, on a first responder guy and killed him. Oh my gosh. Really crazy. Yeah. Yeah. There's one, one, one for, I, I think, I'm not sure it was a cop or it was a firefighter, but uh, he was there on scene and he basically got like, like someone jumping from above landed on him and killed him. But the rest I, of them all. I remember from- hearing all those stories and there's, there's a handful of people too that were even trying to like ride pieces of rubble down, like trying to stand on top of pieces of rubble hoping. And I think some of them did survive and like just broke their legs and things like that. But once again, there's, there's so many stories surrounding what happened. Yeah. Um, well, cause basically what it was is in, in most of the towers, like where the planes hit, because they kind of hit higher up on the building. Basically mm-hmm. anyone that was in the blast zone of where the plane hit was almost killed immediately. Like a couple yeah, hundred ne- people. Never knew it hit them. Never right. Yeah. No clue. But everyone that was above the impact zone, almost none of them survived in either building because they just couldn't get out because yeah. the, 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 the impacts either like severed the elevator lines or blocked the stairwells and they couldn't get out. So a lot of them tried to go to the roof um, to like look, look and see like a helicopter would rescue them, but the roof doors were locked and they couldn't get out. And, and apparently it was, there was too much hot, too much heat and smoke coming off the top of the building that the helicopter couldn't even get them anyway. And a helicopter oh. wasn't prepared or something for that kind of rescue. I don't know, but wow. uh, I just, not a place I'd want to be. Yeah. No, that's why wow, that really paints a picture for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, powerful stuff. Um, yeah, and, Scott- and, and again, um, like you, you can, you can believe all the cynical things about this you want, but it doesn't take away from like the, what happened to these individual people, right? It doesn't yeah. take away from the, the heroes that sa- literally saved people um like did heroic deeds on that day so you can believe whatever you whatever you want but those people still exist yeah right. these, sto- was, these stories are true right whether it was like an israeli plot or a cia you know whatever um or it was just the way that it happened with osama bin laden you know orchestrating these terror attacks regardless people actually died the buildings mm-hmm. actually fall fell down yeah. Like these first responders went into this building, not knowing anything. So we have basically 3000 people that were casualties in some global affair, whether it's a conspiracy theory or not, yeah. they were innocent. They were innocents in all of that. You know what yeah. I mean? And, um, and same thing with the first responders, this song is about, they were just basically doing their job to rescue people, just hoping to get as many out as they could. 
Yep. Exactly. All right. Okay. So I'll, verse I'll hit two. verse two. Yeah. Um, think about the chance I never had to say, thank you for giving up your life that day. Never fearing, only hearing voices calling out. Let it, let it all go. The life that you know, just bring it, bring it down. Oh, sorry. Just to bring it down alive. And you still came back for me. You are strong and you believed everything is going to be all right. And be strong, believe. Yeah, and it's the chorus again. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, this one, I guess that that first line, like, think about the chance I never had to say thank you for giving up your life that day. So this is again, like, you're transported as like a survivor in the building who, let's say, a firefighter got him out and then went back in, and then the firefighter died. Yeah, and and he never, and then so this this survivor that's telling this story never got a chance to say thank you to the guy that rescued him. Yep, heavy so implies- stuff for a pop punk song. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, but but it's set to a very uh, very upbeat beat and a good beat, mm-hmm. and, and it, it's like, um, I think it's, it it it's supposed to stir different feelings. That like I think, I think the um the the music around it does a lot of service to to making it uh, it not it, as it's not just a um like a message of, um you know being able to believe you know but it's also it's like got such a hopeful feeling right like i feel like belief and hope are, are kind of two different things um and and the hopeful part of it is just like you know that's the positivity right um and that's really the sound of it and there are like i said two versions of this song and, and one of them's uh you know more more acoustic and and like really heavy on the the violin strings um which is pretty awesome but yeah the original is the one that i've heard the punk rock version the faster version and i think that's also what can uh, appeal to like the younger generation right it's like i probably wouldn't have given this message a shot (laughs) being in high school and not caring about much besides myself if it wasn't like something that i could listen to and that had really good you know rhythm and was kind of catchy Right. I like it. I like it. Um, so I think it's my turn. So after the chorus, I guess the thing I have calls this the bridge, but it, um, but to a side note here, um, there's a clip in the, in the, this part of the song, there's a little bit of a, not necessarily a breakdown, but some instrumentation, I guess. And there's a clip that that's clearly from the era of a guy talking and he says, and again, we take into our hearts and minds those who perished on this site one year ago, and also those who came to toil in the rubble to bring order out of chaos, to help us make sense of our despair. So that's a quote from this guy talking. And then like while the music's playing kind of quietly, and then Ryan Key picks up like the bridge again. Um, but so that, that was quote, a sorry, go ahead. I was going to say that quote is is uh, Michael Bloomberg, who ran for president somewhat recently. But at the time, he was the was he the mayor of New York or something like that. Because yeah. I know Giuliani was the mayor of New York too, so I'm not sure. Maybe he was maybe at the time he said, but he's basically it's basically like a speech or something he gave like a year after. So this would be September 11th, 2002, a year before the song came out. Um, that's a clip of him talking to a group of people about this. Um, so after that quote. Um, then it says, want to hold my wife when I get home, want to tell the kids they'll never know how much I love to see them smile, want to make a change or two right now, want to live a life like you somehow, want to make your sacrifice worthwhile. And then the chorus again, everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. Be strong, believe. 
So what do you guys got on this one? Hmm. I just looked it up. Yeah. And New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg speaking at Ground Zero on September 11, 2002 was that quote there. That's what that's from. I always wondered, actually, I, I, I had heard that quote before, but I never knew who said it, when it or when it came from. So that's good to know. It's Michael Bloomberg, um, who is kind of retar- kind of a libtard now. But, you know, but, but back in these days, though, like everyone unified behind America. So people kind of uh, didn't didn't focus so much on your gay politics. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, his his message, you know, rings true regardless. And yeah. and I would say like with this one, you know, to bring order out of chaos, like, right, that's what everyone's going to try to do, you know, and it not everyone can do that, right? It, it takes a, a, you know, a cool head and, and a strong heart to be able to do something like that and to kind of take, take order and when things are falling apart. And uh, once again, it's just a reminder to that, that that's, you know, that's what these brave men and women tried to do. Yeah. Um, and I would even well, say, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say that it's bringing order to chaos. Like there, there are lots of kind of lots of different chaos. Like there's the, the um, immediate physical chaos that they brought order to eventually. Right. They're, like this speech was on ground zero. So they had cleaned it up. They were good that way. Um, but, uh, but then like the, the aftermath and everything, and there's lots of chaos and mm-hmm. I, don't, I still don't know if we've brought complete order, but um Right. I think that's an ongoing uh, work in progress. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, it's once again, it's, it's a reminder to those things to just like, who are you going to be when everything falls apart? Like that, that's how I take it anyways, because, you know, nine 11 was something that specifically affected New York. And of course it rippled out to the rest of the world as something that we knew, but think if we had something that was really earth shattering you know, that affected the entire country, like kind of like how World War II, everyone was involved, right? Like we were, all the metal that people had, had to go to like making ships and weapons and, you know, anyone who could enlist had to go. And it's like, we really haven't reached that kind of level again, um, which I'm really grateful for. But it's like, you know, it once it, like that type of struggle comes knocking on your door, how are you going to answer that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there definitely was like changes after this, like not just, I mean, everyone obviously like that that kind of went home was like, like just not sure how to process this, but I'm sure people that were near ground zero went home and like hugged their wife and kids or their you know parents or whatever, because they just had a, a brush with death or a reminder of, of their own mortality, if you will. And so, um, so I think that's, I mean, anyone, anyone in that situation would do that, but like just on the national stage, I mean, look at the changes that have been implemented since 9-11, like fly on a plane and are the entire process of getting on a plane has changed and like for the worse because of all the security implemented because of this event. And we have a whole new um, department of the government, like a whole new cabinet position, the Department of Homeland Security never existed before mm-hmm. until basically a year later, Bush says, hey, we got to worry about stuff like this now. So Department of Homeland Security, also the USA Patriot Act, like all this stuff was enacted like within a year, like on the heels of this um, this event. And it was under the guise of protecting us. Um, now I'm not so sure, but at the time it seemed like a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people regret their political positions that that they took in the heat of the moment. Then. Yeah. Right. 
Um, you know, it's interesting once we come to this paragraph that follows after the the speech there of the uh, was that you said the governor of uh, New York at the time, mayor, the mayor, mayor. Okay, so when you asked me what song if if I ever came on this podcast, what I'd want to you know discuss and and talk about, I actually had just listened to this song. Or I think maybe I listened to the song after I just talked to you, I think is what it was. And it was at that paragraph where it says, uh, I want to hold my wife when I get home. I want to tell my kids they'll never know how much I love to see them smile. Um, that it, it truly like affected me in that moment that like, you know, I really haven't gone through much in my life. That's, that's made me, um, that's made me hurt that much as, as these people did, you know, and that, that's what kind of brought to my mind that, Oh, like this, this song isn't going to be about, you know, the, you know, Gettysburg, or this isn't going to be about world war one or, you know, any, anything like that. But this, this is going to be something more in my lifetime because I thought in my, in that moment, like if I was one of those first responders or if I'd just been saved by one of those first responders, how much I would cherish my kids a little bit more when I got home, I would be a little more patient with them. I would, you know, love my wife more than I ever could, you know what I mean? And so anyways, that, that paragraph to me meant so much to me. And that's really what, like, I was like, okay, this is the song. This is it. Uh, I have to do this one. <laughs> and then, and then lo and behold, here we are. But um, yeah, well, this has been a long time coming. Cause you and I had talked about that like a, a long time ago and you're like, Hey, I want to do this song. And so we, like, we kind of had the idea of like, well, what if we released it around September 11th? It'd be perfect. You know? Yeah. Um, a good reminder. Yeah. 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 So. And I think we have uh, one last part here too to go, right? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's I was just uh, we're just kind of riffing there, but there's let's see. Yeah, well, yeah, you're right because it has the chorus, which is that everything is going to be all right, repeated, and be strong, believe. And then there's like an outro, and the outro mm -hmm. is think about the love inside, the strength of heart. It's a re repeat from the beginning. Think about the heroes saving life in the dark. Think about the chance I never had to say thank you for giving up your life that day. And then as the song kind of fades out, there's another clip at the very end that says, it's just an audio clip that says, the world will little note nor longer remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. Right. And that's from the Gettysburg Address. That is from the Gettysburg Address. And it's, yeah. I think, I don't... I, I don't know if that's a, from an original recording of a Gettysburg Address, but it's like definitely an old recording of a Gettysburg Address. So it might be Lincoln saying it. I don't think so, but it's not like a like a modern day recording of that. But that is from the Gettysburg Address. You're right. Yeah. Which, you know, like I remember talking with um, my neighbor one time. He's an older guy, really conservative, classic guy. And, uh, you know, I think he was discussing, you know, some of the struggles that schools are having nowadays with remembering the the, the founding fathers and the presidents and the constitution. And and he, he told me, he goes, you know, when I was in school, we had to memorize the Gettysburg Address. And um, I remember thinking to myself when he told me that this was years ago, I was like, Man, I don't even think I've read the Gettysburg Address. And so I went home and 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 read it. And I remember when I heard this song for the first time, I was like, why does that sound familiar? You know, until I heard it over and over and over again. It probably wasn't until uh, I recently read the Gettysburg Address again. Um, and it was actually in a, a talk being quoted from uh, Zig Ziglar, one of these uh master motivators zig ziglar and he, he quoted the gettysburg yeah and uh and i was like wow that was you know a quote from the gettysburg address which is another like i don't know bold thing to do when you're in like 
the punk scene and stuff. And it's really interesting because Ryan um, Keyes, the lead singer of uh, Yellow Carbon, he was in an interview once. He's like, yeah, he's like, I kind of, he's like, I kind of struggle and cringe with the, uh, the, the title pop punk. He's like, I think it, it kind of like, it's a weird juxtaposition and I don't think they, they really go together. He's like, I understand it's become a thing. And he's like, that's what we are. <laughs> but he's, but he's like, you know, the, the message behind, you know, what punk usually delivers is like I said, it's that like kind of, counter message but i mean I, th I thought that was awesome you know that, that they quoted the gettysburg address at the very end there that was the closing remarks yeah yeah, yeah. well and, and the gettysburg address is I, I think that line is referring to soldiers from the union army that basically gave the ultimate sacrifice to free people right free from slavery right that's that's the belief um yeah. and but, but in this case they're using it to apply to uh basically first responders that went into i guess free people from a burning building essentially yeah no for sure yeah well cool um good song man and i, I mentioned to my wife um that we were doing this song she goes oh i like that song and so i think this this is <laughs> a, a little it's a crowd pleaser yeah, yeah it's, it's hard yeah. not to like this song i know yeah, yeah well, also because i mean at least for our age group like everyone knows songs from this album oh, because yeah. it was so like ubiquitous it was on the freaking radio like every day they, they, yeah. this album had like four singles they were always on the radio always and and they're like as we were talking about earlier like yellow card is currently on tour right now um doing the 20 year anniversary of like tour of this of this album like playing ocean the entirety ocean avenue yeah. yeah um so yeah it's 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 grown on me um but th this is this is definitely a good song and um yeah, well, it was a good, I have a, a question. Choice, um, so, so, so the the song uh, exhorts or or what? A, um, uh, I'm not sure the right word, but it, it's it says to believe, uh, like very, like generally believe. What what do you guys think? That like what what are what are we to believe in? Like what are the, what's the message here? I've looked up what they meant by that. I've even mm -hmm. gone as far as asking chat GPT. <laughs> and just for those that aren't familiar with yellow card, they are not a religious band at all. They're not no. a Christian band at all. No, This is the only song they have. that's remotely like this that I'm familiar with. Yeah. Anyway, and yeah. no. So like, it, you know, chat GPT was like the most robotic answer ever. And it was like, it is very general. And most people, when they listen to songs can think of whatever they want to think of and blah, blah, blah. But when they literally talked about it, there's like a, an interview on YouTube. I think it's like a three minute uh, kind of promotion for how Believe came to be and why they gave out the promo and, and uh, how they sent it to all those individual people. It's really cool to hear it from their own mouths. Um, but that you know, it's, it's all about being strong and believing and knowing that there's a better outcome to things. Uh, and not that, you know, everything that's bad, um, can have a bad result in the end when people come together. So it's believing in those around you, believing in yourself to pull through, you know, believing in the greater good of humanity. So that's, that's what I think could come, come through on the end of that. Um, you know, and I, I think that people can have faith in many things and you can put your faith in God and, you know, put your faith in good people and put your faith that God is working through good people, you know? Um, so it really is open to the, uh, the interpretation sometimes of people, but I think it's a positive message overall. Yeah. Well, and on this podcast, our official position is, is putting your faith in our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yep. Amen to that brother. <laughs> so, um, yeah, good song, man. Um, 
because yeah, I don't know. Sometimes, like the song is 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 pretty fast, and especially like the intro with the violin, it's very fast, and it's catchy, and it's pop punk, and it's upbeat, and it's happy sounding. But it's a very heavy subject matter, especially for those of us millennials that lived through this and saw this. Um, and so sometimes I would like avoid listening to this song simply because I'm like, it's just kind of heavy, man. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I have to be in the right, the right mindset to listen to this one. You know, that site that I talked to you about, the uh, songfacts.com, yeah. um, at the very bottom, after it talks about all the facts of the song, there are comments. There are people that are firefighters that talk about that they received the song and that that changed them. There are others that had this song shared with them. Um, and then same thing. There's a lot of people that said it was really hard for them to listen to the song because it reminded them of that time. And then others, you know, a lot of these guys that are commenting on here are actual firefighters and like, this gets me pumped up to like do the right thing and to run in there and to be the hero, you know? And so there's a lot of different perspectives on that, you know? Um, yeah. yeah and I think that it was a very much a, there was a big push in, especially in like entertainment to not let it, not let 9-11 affect us um and to be strong um like i think the best example and that kind of alludes to maybe why they chose to to make this so upbeat is that is like the uh you, you might have heard of it the the um very shortly after 9-11 happened like a couple months later there was a comedy show in new york where they were like saying some pretty crude jokes about 9-11 itself like almost immediately after it happened mm-hmm. just I and, 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 and and their their reasoning behind it was uh was to show who, to whoever was trying to demoralize or terrorize America that it didn't work basically yeah. that, we like, weren't afraid yeah we weren't yeah. afraid we were strong we believe um and so i think this this song is kind of you can see it as kind of an extension to that where like despite how how raw it is how hard it is Two years later, they released this song, or at least this album, and uh, and um, we can be positive about it. Like we're, we're you you tried to knock us down, but we're but we're like chin up, positive, um, and believing. So, yeah. Well, and one thing I was just thinking of while you were talking, Scott, uh, that's a very good point, by the way. And I, I do remember that, but what I remember from it is everyone kind of like shouted these guys down or like too soon, you know. Now, like people make 9 11 jokes, no one cares, M- mainly Zoomers because they don't rem- remember it. But, <laughs> yeah. um, and but at the time, it was, like, it was at the time, like you're in New York, like, you know, not too far from where this happened. It's like recent, it's like, dude, come on, have some respect, man. Give it some time. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I remember one, hearing that. Yeah, but one thing, one thing that uh, I was thinking about while you were talking, Scott, I was kind of just kind of perusing the lyrics again. Is the chorus is almost like something that either either the survivor in the song or maybe the fireman himself is is telling himself to give himself that that faith to carry on because it's like eight words just repeated. Everything's gonna everything is gonna be all right. Repeated and then be strong, believe. So everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. Be strong, believe. And then again, you know, so so, so instead of the singer saying it to the firefighter, you're you're seeing it as the firefighter, like as a mantra, mantra to himself. Yeah. Like that, maybe that's what he, that's what he's saying to himself. Like, Hey, like, let me get like, it's just like, like in, um, in, uh, what's his face, Desmond Doss in, uh, Hacksaw Ridge. Like, let me just give it one more. Let me get one more. Let me get Mm -hmm. one more, you know? And, uh, or, or maybe, Con, you know, conversely, maybe it's it's the um, the person being pulled from the burning building, like just repeating that to themselves, like maybe to keep themselves from going unconscious or whatever. Like, hey, it's gonna be all right. Be strong. It's gonna be all right. You know, we're gonna get out of here. 
You know, I feel like even, first responders say that a lot to those that are going to be unconscious, you know, or losing blood or, Hey, yeah. it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Or maybe the firefighter was saying this to the survivor, like, Hey, it's cause that's yeah. usually what they do. Right. Cause they not only do, do they take command of the situation by like keeping their, their cool under pressure, but they also have to get these people out and keep them from panicking. You know yeah. what I mean? And so that's probably what they're, but they're just kind of reassurance repeated to reassure these people. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Let's get out of here. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Let's get out of here. You know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's, that's kind of what it made me think of, you know, I don't know if, if, I mean, this is a pop punk song written by a dude in his twenties. So maybe he wasn't thinking that deep, but that's kind of what it made me think of. Which maybe. is that, that's why I think it's so impressive. <laughs> yeah. You know, when, when you should be super immature and you want to be on tour and girls and whatever else you think about this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, they're, they're competing right now in 2003 with, with who are they competing with other pop punk bands? Like, Oh, oh the new, new newfound blink good yeah. charlotte i couldn't remember when when blink broke up so i didn't say it but but like oh. um yeah like uh the how many others are doing this, this is a bold choice for for a song yeah um, and, and yeah, for a single is. on was it a single on the on the album it wasn't actually i was looking i was actually going to mention that so this album i feel like song everyone, yeah everyone everyone uh everyone knows like every song from this album because they're on the radio but the, the album had four singles and I was wrong. The fourth single was this one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so the, I mean, that, that it was a even single, but so. it was the last single. Yeah. It, it's a, it's, it's a bold choice to, to, uh, to have this type of message um, from a, from a punk band. Yeah. Well, cause it's not, especially for the era, for the era, for this genre of music, it wasn't super common, at least to my understanding. Cause this was, this was like during this era, this was my scene right here. Like I was kind of like Tyler. I, I listened to a lot of the hardcore, a lot of the emo stuff. Cause this is early emo years for me. Um, yeah. and, uh, and, and a lot of pop punk and there was no one else that was doing songs like this. I could only think of one other song from this era, from a band like this about this event. And I was going to mention it and you might know it, Scott, um, Tyler, you probably know it. It's called the innocent and it's it's mm-hmm. by it's by Good Charlotte, yeah, less Good than Charlotte. Jake. Good yeah. Charlotte, less than Jake, and a band called Mest. Um yeah. and, and they're all three on there. And so it, it's it's the exact same thing. And that that one's about like the the chorus of that song is we don't know why the innocent die. Uh, will any of us ever be the same? Um, so it's a really good song. But that's the only other pop punky song from this era about this topic i can think of of all the pop bunk bands that were really popular in this time the only there's only two that, that seem to write about this that i even know about and this is one of them yeah and, and i guess this is kind of getting pretty close to when pop punk kind of started to turn emo a little bit because you think about like yeah uh blink's last album before well, this, this is when, this is when like, pop punk's like going mainstream like when everyone's yeah. listening to it yeah started to die out by 2015 yeah <laughs> yeah and then they yeah. broke up in 2017 yeah but and i now think it's coming uh, back <laughs> yeah, blink blinks like the, that experimental album they did like their self-titled album came out yeah. i think the same year yeah and then they, bro- they broke up right after that and it, yeah. it was very introspective and, and not yeah. and not like fun like because at that time pop punk was like just like fun and and like just, play the same four chords and yeah, yeah, yeah. it was all just a party it was all just a party like frat boy type party thing. yeah yeah but but then, then tom DeLong it, with, with blink is like well hold on let's do some angels and airwaves stuff and mix yeah. it with you know or boxcar racer stuff and mix i it tried to get into that it's a it's good okay. hits but it's all yeah. right I tried. There's, there's a couple songs in there that are okay but some of it's like dude it's kind of weird man yeah. yeah um anyway but we digress and so, now he owns a ufo play. okay never mind <laughs> <all right. laughs> vindicated digression 
<laughs> yeah. Um, but good song, Tyler. And and like you said, like I think 9-11 for those of us that were like alive and we're old enough to remember it, like it stirs up different feelings because like you said, it's one of those events where everyone knows where they were when they heard about it. And I know for me, I remember distinctly, I had, I had, we were on our way to seminary, which was at 630 in the morning in California. And I had, I was in the car. I was 16. I was a sophomore. And I think I was 16. I was a sophomore. Um, and we had just picked up Josh Johnson. No one knows who that is, is a guy in my ward who lived down the street from me. And I remember him and I can see it now in my mind. I, I remember sitting in the back of the car um, on our way to seminary. And I remember he got in and said, Hey, a, a plane just hit one of the, one of the uh, world trade center towers in New York city. And I was like, what? Cause I didn't even know what towers he was talking about. I was like, that's weird. Yeah. A plane crashed into it. And, and then I think he made some said also said, yeah, it looks like a second one just hit too. And I was like, Oh, that's weird. So we went to seminary. People may have mentioned it, uh, you know, whatever. But then in, in school, once we got to school, oh man, it was like all hell all over. It's like everyone yeah. knew about it. Everyone was watching it. Everyone except my German teacher was like glued <laughs> to the TV watching it for the rest of the day, you know? <laughs> yeah, had a very similar experience. Yeah. It was, I found out about it on the, in a carpool on the way to school in my, uh, like we were friends with my state president. I was in the back of his minivan um listening to the radio about it Um, what's crazy is like you kind of talked about earlier tyler um the the feeling of helplessness because i remember thinking i remember seeing i'm like a 15 16 year old kid in high school watching live on tv i'm watching a burning building going oh my gosh that sucks i hope i can get everyone out of there and then seeing people live on camera jumping down from a hundred stories up or higher like jumping to their death. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, like, like what is just, happening? Right. Yeah. And then, and then like within an hour or so watching the buildings collapse, like live on TV, I'm watching this and, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I was literally speechless. I'm like, dude, what, what do I do? What, what do I do? What would anyone do? Like, it, you, yeah, you, 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 you feel like you, you feel like you have to do something. Yeah. Like, it's like nothing to do. Yeah. And it, the, the feeling of helplessness, I've never felt a helplessness like that before. And I, I think I mean? like the the way that in that moment we don't just like disperse like ants is one person has to stand up and start doing what's right or inspire people to do what's right. And and oftentimes that can be done with words, right? Um, they can say, you know, hey, we gotta run in, we gotta do this, and they gotta find some way to inspire people. And and you know, I, I kind of wanted to just read with something that made me think about just the Gettysburg Address again. Um, and this this was a, a quote from Zig, uh, Zig Ziglar. He says, um, it has been said that a picture is worth 10,000 words, but the person who said that obviously hasn't read the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence, or the 23rd Psalm. They never read Lincoln's Gettysburg Address or the um, the passionate pleas of Martin Luther King, Winston Churchill, or Patrick Henry. Those words changed the course of history and gave individuals and nations hope for a better future. And so when people are at their like most distraught times in their life, it's oftentimes, you know, brave people that can just stand up and say what's right and inspire what's right. And then people follow with action. Um, but who knows, maybe, maybe there wasn't anyone talking at any moment. There had to be an organized effort at some point, you know, not everyone knew to just run in and start helping, but I'm sure there were people, you know, that just had that instinct. Um, but you can also look at the words of this song, right? These are words that, that reached me when I was just a high school kid sitting in a class, listening to this 
song for the first time. And it made me think differently um, about those people and about what we were going through. Um, so to say that, you know, words don't have uh, a huge effect or, or strain to influence people. Well, I mean, all the things that I just mentioned there, especially that one being also the Gettysburg Address, which was then also quoted, um, gives people hope. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's, it's sad, man. Like, like we said, like all just under 3000 people died total thousands injured, but they were, they, there's a, there's a bunch of um, funds and like nonprofit stuff has been set up to basically help victims or families of victims from this event. And I think they estimate that at least 3000 children are either now orphans or lost a parent like in this event. Wow. You know, and that's like the, like because the, there wasn't I don't think there's any kids in the building. There may have been a couple of them, but but that, that's like the the sort of the unseen um, like wounds or the scars, if you will, of this, you know, not just like, oh, these billions of dollars in damage, the buildings fall down, thousands of people die that were in the buildings. But like the the ripple effect the parents, that goes yeah. out, like the, how the families were affected. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Heavy um, stuff, man. yeah. Well, Tyler, I, I got to say, um when uh when sean told me we're gonna do an episode about uh about 9-11 i was just, i kind of groaned a little bit like oh there's no new takes there's no fresh takes on 9-11 it's 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 been done over and over but um but i'm I'm glad we had this conversation i i, I feel like this um because because i went to some other friends to, to see if they had any takes on 9-11 or whatever and it was all dour stuff like so literally stuff i can't repeat even even if oh, this gosh. was like an R rated, <laughs> even, even, even on this like, podcast, I can't say it. But like like oh, I might terrible. share it with you guys after. It's, it's pretty crazy. Wow, it's but, that. Uh, but, but anyway, um, I, I feel like this conversation and this the, spurred by this song that that uh, that is inspired. Um, I think is helping me turn a corner a little bit and seeing it in a little more, uh, um, I guess empathetic. I, I don't know if that's the right word. I'm not the biggest fan of that word, but but like a, a better. Uh, uh i don't know a brighter view or tr- trying to see the the heroic acts for what they were um right. regar- regardless of implications and and behind the scenes stuff um because yeah uh, it, well, and it, it, it's helped me basically to be less cynical i think well and it, yeah and it kind of transports you back to a simpler time where you could listen to a happy hopeful upbeat song and you know, when everything's crashing down around you, like, okay, this song kind of gives me hope. It's not, it's, it's a white pill, if you will, as opposed to a, a black pill. You know what yeah, I mean? Yes, like 100%. Cause now, nowadays I feel like when, when this kind of stuff happens, it's all black pill stuff. That's it. The West is falling. It's over, you know, it's mm-hmm. over. And now, nowadays yeah. it's it, this whole song, the song is called believe, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, believe in something, believe in America, man, but believe in something. Right. Yeah. And, um, and so it kind of, it kind of is, is I like, I like the hopeful, I like the hopeful, I don't want to say carefree, but the, at least the lighthearted, hopeful tone that this song gives after such a scary thing, you know? Yeah, yeah well it, said. And, and it would be so easy to indulge in like a, like we said, that like Blink-182 self-titled album, like indulge in like this like like very uh, dour, um, I don't know. Well, uh, they could have gone full emo on this, but they yeah, did. So, so, they so I'm saying they, they did. Right. So it's yes. happy. Yeah, they, they didn't go that direction. It would it would have been easy, mm-hmm. and it would have kind of followed the trend of the time a little bit, but they didn't. Yeah, and they do yeah. have they do have like Yellow Card did have a couple sort of emo adjacent songs prior to this um, on their um, 
oh which album was it it might have been the uh it was the underdog ep that song powder oh yeah i think it's about a someone dying from a drug overdose but they have like screamo you know tones in that one and um and so they definitely could have taken that route but they didn't and and i think it was for the best yeah Yeah. it was intentional like they wanted it to be uplifting they wanted to Mm -hmm. be to bring people out of uh their Right. Well, and as 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 Ryan Key, as Ryan Key and Sean Mackin say, like the two guys that wrote this, because Sean Mackin's a violinist, but as as they say, they basically wrote this as a thank you, a thank mm-hmm. you to the first responders that saved people's lives that day at the risk of their own. That's kind of the, the purpose behind the song. Yeah, a hundred percent. Cool. Well, yeah. Any song, other man. any other hot takes? There's one thing I think I can just close it out with, and uh, it's my my whole entire life. I thought that the song Ocean Avenue was about Ocean Avenue in California. There's a mm-hmm. there's an Ocean Avenue right right in San Francisco next to a Taco Bell and it's where I used to take girls and do bonfires and have fun and when I heard that song I was like oh man it's about California but it's actually about like Ocean Boulevard in Florida and he just changed it to Ocean Avenue cuz it sounded it better in the freaking song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, so a little little truth bomb for anybody else that thought yeah. it was in California or maybe I'm just the only one. Yeah, yeah, and and he's he wrote it to his buddies. Like he gets into it with that yeah. know, podcast I talked <laughs> yeah. about. So it's not even like really about a girl; it's about his buddies. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and um, what's also funny is is like around the time. So this album came out, like I said, in '03. But this this song was released as a single in '04, and that mm-hmm. same year in '04, um, they like so after the af- prelude, um, af- after nine eleven. Bush's response, George W. Bush was the president at the time. His response to 9-11 of like declaring war on Iraq and, you know, like closing everything down, grounding all flights, you know, doing the Patriot Act, all this stuff, his approval rating soared to like 90%. Like everyone loved George W. Bush at the time. And I remember that's true. Like Republicans and Democrats, they're all they're getting together like at Congress and singing the national anthem, like embracing, you know, it was, it was just a different time that we don't see nowadays. But um, but everyone loved George W. Bush on both sides of the aisle. But huh? at the time, at the time, it didn't last long. But at the time that this <laughs> this single came out in 04, there was an album that came out called Rock Against Bush. And it's basically a bunch of pop punk and punk. I thought bands. it was Nimrod. <laughs> no, it was, Green you're talking about Green Day? Yeah, Green yeah. Day. No, um, same, yeah, yeah. Same, same era. But um, no, there was, a, there was a, a, a compilation album called Rock Against Bush. There's like volume one and volume two. And volume two came out in 04. And Yellow Card had a song on that album. Um, <laughs> so I guess I guess it didn't last long. Like they're, Hey, man, they had to stay afloat. They had to sell records, bro. Yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't this song. The song they did is called Violins, the lag wagon cover, but anyway, I just think it's funny. Let's see, it's a cover, bro. Yeah. Just a cover. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just thought that was kind of funny. That they uh it's all yeah, believe in something, man, believe in something. Yeah, I hate the president, man, like the very next year. Hey, some context there. Maybe we'll have to have him on the show to explain. Yeah. Ryan, what did you mean by this twenty years ago? <laughs> he might just want to talk about Star Wars though. He's got a Star Wars podcast now too. Does he really? Yeah. It does big time, big time into Star Wars. Well, anyways, we we can go into that all oh, no, day. Fine. People, people people know this, but I'm kind of tired of Star Wars. Like I love Star Wars growing up. I'm kind of tired of it. No, bro, now. it's so it's it needs to be rebirthed. Bro, I just watched Mandalorian. I did, and the first oh. season was okay. The second okay. season was was not bad. I have all not right. watched I have not watched Book of Boba Fett, but I heard it sucked. 
No, it's okay. It's not as good as Mando. I watched like but... half of that one. I I can't I can't really. I'm I'm with you, Sean. It's, I'm having a hard time, and it it sucks because my eight year old son is so into it. He loves Star Wars. Everything. My kids he too. Wants. Yeah. It's all he wants is Star Wars stuff. Um, yeah. But oh, it's that's like, great. Oh, I can't. Well, everything has to be an extended universe now, and I'm like, yeah. dude, can you just have like one movie or a trilogy and just leave it at that? Why does everything have to have like yeah. eight spinoffs and a TV show? Because it's easy. And, it's a and then different thing. timelines. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I get, I, I get you want to make money, guys, but maybe just start a new franchise. I don't know. Call me crazy. No, but yeah. I digress. We're talking about nine eleven. Very sad. Uh, yes, no, totally. <laughs> so, Tyler, hey, awesome song, man. It was great having you on the podcast. Um, if you have any songs in the future, you know about nine eleven or otherwise, um, let us know. We'd love to have you back during, you know, on season two. Dude, um, awesome. But in, in the last few minutes that we have, um, is there anything that you want to? advertise or, or tell us about or, or maybe uh, give any social media handles where kids can find you at home? Um, well, I would just give a, a, a close to um band I was in uh, and I'm currently still trying to thrive in is uh, called Crash Bomb. And uh, we're an 8-bit Nintendo Core bit punk band. I'm going to give all of the hashtags there, bro, because <laughs> we have a, an 8-bit Nintendo and uh, we're all over YouTube and Bandcamp. If you want to check out our stuff over there, we got some sweet merch and I uh, got two records and a bunch of singles of Nintendo covers. So uh, lots of good times there and um, make sure you like and subscribe here to, uh, to Sean and, and Scott's channel here if, uh, if you forget. Okay. Thanks. Man. Thank you. And that you, bell you notification. Play- yeah, 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 right. Like and subscribe. <laughs> and you, you play, um, you play guitar, right? In Crash Bomb. I, I started out with guitar, and then they realized um, they needed a guitarist, and so I went to bass. And uh, I was the the band aid that they stuck with and kept around. And uh, was, I think it's because I just kept coming to practices, so they kept me on as the bassist and uh, backup vocalist. So I okay. also tried to jump around as much as I could on stage, and I don't know, maybe that helped. Maybe that yeah. helped with the presence. Yeah, uh, you, you've got a good stage presence, and uh, you're Shock. pretty good. At, you're pretty good as the rhythm section. So, oh, stop, bro, stop. That's cool, man. Do you, <laughs> any, any, sure. any, 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 anything else? I know you got a YouTube page. You want to mention I, I, on here? I, I do. I was way more active on it before. It's called Bay Area Calisthenics Kid, and uh, I started out there back in 2018, just learning about health and fitness, nutrition, and then calisthenics because I'd injured myself doing too much heavy weight. And so I focused just on the basics, pull-ups, push-ups, and, you know, static stretching, that sort of thing. So now um, most of what I do is I compete in races. I got a, a Spartan race this Saturday that I'm doing. It's a half marathon. But anyways, I keep track of everything on that YouTube channel. So it's Bay Area Calisthenics Kid, abbreviated as back, B-A-C-K. Nice. Cool, man. Yeah, and you actually built a calisthenics gym in your backyard. And that's one of your videos. It's pretty cool. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, that's one of the uh, the, the most the most viewed and uh, commented on from all over the world. Actually, some yeah. funny comments on there about all the stuff cool. I did, right and wrong. But yeah, it's it's fun. To, it's fun to be a part of that stuff. You have some dude in like Japan, like, no, you did this wrong. Yeah, like, yeah. Or okay, some people man. like in Japan that are like, yeah, I wish I had a backyard to build in. You know, because I'm like, hey, yeah, if you have 400 bucks and space in your backyard, and they're like, 400 bucks is so much money. And that was like before COVID too, when wood was cheap. And now it's yeah. probably like 800 bucks. But it's true. Point double. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, we'll definitely, um, we'll definitely link uh, some stuff to both Crash Bomb as well as your YouTube page um, in the show notes and whatnot. Appreciate but, uh, you, man. No, this yeah. is this has been awesome. Uh, be happy to come on again. And you guys, thanks again. Rock hard. Thanks, man. All right.
All right, and we'll have the the song play us out here. Inside the strength of heart Think about the heroes saving life in the dark Climbing higher through the fire Time was running out Never knowing you weren't going to be coming down alive But you still came back for me
Base is here.